coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. This is something that really helped me. The, the last day of the year is my favorite day of the year. And people go, what, it's not Christmas. It's not your birthday. It's not, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's the last day of the year. And they ask me, why? Why is that? Because the last day of the year gives me two, two opportunities. The first one is reflection. Mm-hmm. I get to look at the entire year and look at what I've accomplished, the things I think I did well, the things I think I could have done better. I get to refocus on things. I focus on, I call it my five pillars, my five pillars that hold my, my world up. Mm-hmm. And I focus on those five pillars and I, um, I look at, you know, how I could have done better and, and, and structured them better to where my pillars are stronger, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I get to look mm-hmm. the whole year because we forget, we forget to, to look back and go, how far have I come? Yeah. How much have accomplished? We, we always stay in the moment and go, oh, I got so much to do. Well, yeah, but you, you thought that a year ago. Oh, I got mm-hmm. so much. Well, you accomplished all these things. So just having the moment to, to have a day where I look back and I go, wow, what did we accomplish in my personal life? What did I accomplish in business, my money, my faith, my relationships? How did I, what did I accomplish in all those? And what could I have done better too? I mean, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. And I write all of that out. And that's another key. If anybody's listening to this, write your stuff down. Mm-hmm. I filled out, I don't know, I think 10 legal pads this year of just notes and things that I was thinking or goals and those type of things, just writing it out. It, it just gets it out of your head. And then I get to look at next year and I get to look at what is possible. What can I create? Where can I, what, you know, where can I go? It's not putting my happiness in those things. It's, it's going I'm only happy when I'm doing something. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Past the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Dr. Greg Pursley, who is the owner of a couple of different brands, uh, Help Me Dr. G and Think and Lose Weight. So I'm sure everyone knows by now that I'm a huge framework guy. I'm a huge proponent of looking at things and breaking them down into areas that you can impact and focus on. Uh, And what Dr. G shared with us today was exactly one of those. He he basically right around this time of year. This it's December 29th today. I think it is tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Doctor G said that that New Year's Day or New Year's Eve is the the his most important day, his favorite day of the year because it allows him to reflect on what happened the previous year and what he is going to achieve the following year. And the way that he breaks this down is is really really intuitive. Uh, you know, he focuses in on five pillars, his five pillars that that he's found over the years to be important. And you know, you'll have to listen to the episode to go through each of those five pillars, and then he breaks that down into sort of subcategories, which distills into what he calls a vision statement or a paragraph, which is essentially a synopsis of his five pillars. So really, really 
intuitive and actionable steps to be able to start improving your areas of life. And I suppose, you know, again, he, he, he says, this is what I do. You know, if you want to tweak these things or change things slightly, you know, by all means you can do that. But he really, he really has something quite amazing and it's, it's showing in his own life. I mean, he tells some of the stories that he's accomplished, some things that he's achieved over the course of, you know, the last couple of years and this last year and, you know, where it's, where it's uh, at right today. And then, you know, where it's pushing him and, and, you know, where he's projecting himself to be in a few years. So really, really interesting. Uh, Again, this episode is basically for anyone. I mean, this is, you know, no matter if you're in business or, you know, you don't have any, you know, entrepreneurial tendencies or desires, whatever it is in life, this is a framework or a path to be able to achieve, quote unquote, what your own happiness looks like for you. So can't recommend this episode enough. I hope you enjoy Dr. G today on Pass the Secret Sauce. Well, as a child, my, my both of my parents worked. I grew up in a small town, very family-oriented type of community, more cows than people type mm-hmm. of area. So the dinner table was pretty active, let's say, with people coming and going. I have two younger sisters, and um, my my dad worked constantly. I mean, just he just was working all the time. My mom had a job and um, was also working quite a bit. So, you know, there was, there was a lot of this work ethic that was brought in, Mm -hmm. but, you know, dinner table time was hurried a lot of times. Family did try to get together and have dinners, family dinners. But I, I think I learned a lot about life and business and money and those type of things around that area. And I, I can see a lot of my own habits that were formed from a young age. Mm-hmm. What types of habits, like, you know, you, you don't have to go into them in detail, but just, just at a high level, what, what types of habits have you noticed that you've, you know, sort of picked up and, and, you know, we were instilled in you in, in an earlier age or from an earlier age? Well, one of the things was a work ethic and people hear work ethic a lot, but what I mean by that is a, it's part of who I am as a person. It's my emotional inner emotional side is I I have to produce something. I have to be working on something. Hmm. Recently spoke with my financial advisor and he asked me when I wanted to retire. And I asked him what his definition of retirement was. And he said, when do you want to stop working? And I said, I will never stop working. I believe that we are here to produce something. Mm -hmm. And when people, I've seen it over and over in my own personal, I have a a practice, integrated medical practice. And I've seen it with patients that they retire and then they just give up on life they have no yeah, purpose slip away. yeah so that was one it, it gave me that drive to want to work but then the way I was raised my dad he basically thought it would be the best way to raise me was to constantly push me so there was never a good job or well done or that's good enough it was always well you could have done a little better you could have done mm-hmm. a little more which is good and bad but it also gave me a drive of how good can I be? How much can I accomplish in mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are some things that I, that I learned. Yeah, that's cool. I, that, that's a great perspective of, you know, I, I, I've heard of, you know, what some might say is, you know, tough parents, right? You know, they, they, you know, it was never good enough and you can look at it as a negative you know, way, but it was, you know, you can look at it as a positive where, you know, like you said, how, how far can I push it? How, how much can I achieve? So, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you phrased it that way. That was, that was great. 
Well, and you're exactly right because up until I was about 2021, because you don't want to disappoint your parents, right? You know, so basically what that did to me growing up like that was it gave me very little self confidence until I was about 2021. And when I met my wife, she actually pointed out that all the things that I had going for me were extreme. Like, she like, you're an amazing person. Oh my gosh, look at all this stuff. And I had never taken that into consideration up until that yeah. point. No one had ever said to me, you're an amazing person. Wow. Look at all the things that you have accomplished up to this point and yeah. all things that you, um, you know, can do and can, you know, are capable of. And so that was kind of an awakening of me in my early 20s. Wow. I am a cool person. And then I started to believe it. And then, yeah. I was able to, you know, move forward, but you know, until you believe it, nothing happens. Exactly. That's very true. That's very true. And, and, you know, like you said, you, it was there and you never, you know, nobody ever pointed it out to you. So that's, that's, that's incredible. So, so obviously I, I'm assuming you probably went to college. Yes. You, you did that a whole path or. Yeah. I graduated high school. I was um, one of the youngest people in my class just because my parents started me early in, in school, probably wanted to get me out of the house. I was pretty <laughs> And graduated high school, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to become a chiropractor. I went to two years of undergrad, played a little baseball and uh, decided, you know, I'm probably not going to make it pro statistically. So mm -hmm. I think I didn't go to grad school. Uh, so I started grad school. I was um, just 19 when I started. I graduated with a doctorate at 23. And wow. um, yeah, and then uh, during that three to four year period where I went, where I was going to grad school I decided to go ahead and get married and then we had a kid and you know mm -hmm. uh, yeah. thought maybe grad school wasn't hard enough let's add um, getting yeah, married right. <laughs> so then I graduated at 23 my daughter was like four months old and then about six months later I started a practice you know and and so started moving in the right direction now I thought I was 23 I thought I knew something about a practice I thought I knew something about starting a business but in reality, I didn't know anything from anything. Knowing what I know now, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what so, I've learned. I, I I'm curious, you know, now reflecting back on your own life, are you are you pushing your daughter as much as what you were pushed growing up? Would you say? No, I have a, a much different style. Instead of telling my daughter and focusing on the things that she could have done better, mm -hmm. I have a lot better communication style as far as explaining. So I have also have a 13 year old son. My daughter's 16, and I I, I if, if she's ever in trouble, let's say, I explain, mm -hmm. realize why you are in trouble or do you realize why you're being corrected? And here's the better way or asking her questions. What would be a better way to handle that situation? Mm -hmm. So she, and so, you know, those are things I learned in my twenties, but I wish I could have learned, you know, when I was younger. So both yeah. of my, you know, I have, I have a very different style of, of parenting and uh, you know, my, I don't like, see, you could take, you're, everybody looks at their childhood and you could take your childhood two different ways. You could blame and that's the victim role, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm the way I am because my parents, they could have done better. Or you can take uh, the role of taking responsibility and saying, well, I'm grateful for that because it made me who I am today. And if they would have been different, I would have been different. And I very rarely will ever take the woe is me victim. Like, yeah. I take responsibility for me and who I am. And if I want to change it, then I change it. I don't blame somebody else. So I can't change because of that. I say, no, I have the power to change me. Therefore, I'm going to work towards that. And a lot of people look at their childhood and say, my parents could have done better. But in, in most cases, the parents were doing the best they could mm -hmm. based on their knowledge. You know, mm -hmm. like if the parent was around, 
they're probably doing what they think is right and doing the best they can. Cause you have yeah. to understand those parents had the same stressors and, and things that you were trying to deal with. And if you're a parent right now, or if you're in the entrepreneurship role or, you know, it, so you got to take that in consideration and step into their shoes for just a moment and say, you know, were they trying to do good or were they trying to be a jerk? And most of the time yeah. they were, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I, I, again, great perspective on, on, you know, being able to look back and, and adapt it to your own, you know, your own uh, situation now. I love that. So, so you started your practice and you said that, you know, there were some things that you, you know, thought you understood or, or you thought you knew about real briefly touch on some of those things that, you know, might've been more mistakes or things that, you know, sort of stuck out that, you know, God, I looking back, you know, if I could have done this differently, you know, when I was opening up my practice, anything, you know, come to mind as, as far as, you know, what what that would entail? hundred percent. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Number, number one, I would have. I would have figured out and perfected my vision of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is to observe other people, experience other things. So what I should have done is I should have created a vision of what I thought I wanted and then go to people that are already doing those things and experience what they were experiencing and ask questions and interview those people to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. I did a little bit of that, but Mm -hmm. I should have done a lot of that you know, figuring out who you are being everything you're not type deal. Have you ever heard that? You know, it's, it's figuring out what kind of life you want to build by experiencing other people's perspective of their lives. So Mm -hmm. I wish I would have went around to other practices and been like, what do I like about this? What don't I like about this? And spent a couple of years experiencing different things like that in order to understand what kind of life I wanted to build. Because A lot of times, and, and I do some personal coaching with people, and a great example of that is a, a, one of the things we have people write down is their vision of what they want and make it as clear as possible. Mm-hmm. And so that vision in this person in particular said, well, I want to own a Ferrari. And I said, oh, why is that? And he said, man, I've always just wanted a Ferrari ever since I was a kid. Okay. I said, have you ever been in a Ferrari? He said, no. I said, have you ever touched a Ferrari? No. So he created this idea from when he was a kid, but he's never experienced it. Mm-hmm. So I go to a dealership, touch the Ferrari, sit in the Ferrari, have him start the Ferrari, you know, whatever. So after he did that, he came back and he goes, you know, I don't want a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so think about the pain of thinking you want something and then you work so hard and you end up getting it. And then you're like, this yeah. isn't everything I thought it was going to be. Right. The disappointment, oh, the pain. And so... He just, you know, we just headed off years of his life in, in, a tr- in a direction or trajectory just simply by experiencing something mm-hmm. and then going, no, this isn't really part of my vision. He ended up getting an Aston Martin, by the way. That was what he actually ended up wanting. But- mm-hmm. uh, well, I was going to I was going to ask you too. you know, he, he ultimately ended up getting a car. Right. And, and that was, you know, the original focus. Did he, when you went through that exercise and he realized, I don't want a Ferrari, you know, did he retarget himself more on something else? Is it more experiential or was there still, you know, something else attached to, you know, some physical thing that he was still, you know, striving toward? I'm I'm just curious, like, you know, did it it switch from a thing to, you know, an experience or a a goal helping someone or something along those lines? Some people, it probably would. In his case, he just decided he went to a car dealership and was like, actually, I don't want a Ferrari. And so he went to other ones. But it was like, the idea that he wanted was a car. 
yeah yeah ferrari it was a nice car well he finally settled on some other type of car but i think a lot of people it, it could it could morph it could change and that's what people don't understand too about setting goals and looking into the future is those things if you don't revisit them all the time they do change you know mm-hmm. i i wanted to couple of years ago, I wanted to learn, I wanted to be able to dunk a basketball. Okay. And I, I don't, I just wanted to. And mm-hmm. so you know, I worked out really hard and whatever. And I was, I was really close to it. But then it, what I realized was I don't really actually want to dunk a basketball. I just wanted to be more athletic. And mm-hmm. I ended up dunking a softball, but my hands, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah, here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so it just, it was like, why am I going towards this goal of dunking a basketball when in reality it was just to be more athletic and to be stronger so I can I could jump higher and all this stuff and so I was able to dunk a softball and I was like oh that's good enough it wasn't actually the basketball mm-hmm. but I realized that through the process the reason why I said a basketball is because I have a friend he's 5'10 he's really in shape and he dunked a basketball now his hands were a little bit bigger and whatever but the point is is that I learned through the process and the ultimate goal I thought in the beginning was dunking a basketball but in reality it was the athletic side of that. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't wrong for going towards it, but I rehashed it and relooked at it constantly every month, every month until I perfected my vision of what exactly I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's what people mistake. They think, oh, you set a goal and you go towards that goal. No, you, you set a goal and you move towards it and then you correct and you make changes and you you alter it. You're a you're a person. You're you're not static. You're going yeah. to change. And you're going to learn things along the way. And then you're going to go, well, maybe that goal's changing a little bit and altering, you know, I mean, my goal used to be to, to have a million dollars, but, and I thought that was like the end. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But Tony Robbins a long time ago made a uh, great statement. He said, you know, a million dollars gets old. And at the time I was like, how is that even, I don't understand until I was there. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, that isn't the end. It, it, like, so now I'm like, okay, well, how can I get to where we're doing 10 million? And then when I get there, I'm going to go, well, how can we get to 30 and 50 and hundred? See, people put their happiness into the future. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy. And I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. 
instead of understanding that now is when you have happiness, mm-hmm. you can have a goal, but that's not where happiness is because you will always reach that goal and then put your happiness to the next goal. Every yeah. Goal. So happiness is I'm happy and content with working toward a goal, whether I hit that goal or not does not define me or my happiness. And I think that's another mistake people make. I see all the time is they put their, they put a goal and if they don't hit it, they're, Oh, I'm a failure. No, you're not. We are people. We fail, but we're not failures. Failure. The only failure is quitting to me. I I love that. I love that. And you, 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 sort of brought up a, a topic that we were just talking about a couple of days ago in another, you know, another episode where, you know, people, you know, set this goal and it's normally a monetary goal and you go and reach that goal. And then there's another goal. And what this gentleman had said, which I, I completely identify with is, you know, we're, we're, and you, you mentioned it too, now that I think about it is, you know, in those situations, you're always, you're always, you have a broke mindset, right? You're, you're always like, this is the next goal. And then I can have this and I can buy this and all of that. And, and, you know, you're always pushing off your happiness. You know, there's always going to be something else that you're going to say, oh, now I need this and now I need that. And now I need, you know, whatever this other thing is. So, mm-hmm. you know, live in the moment now and, and realize, you know, be thankful, realize how much you have right now and, and, you know, appreciate what you've accomplished today, find happiness, find joy in that, and, you know, the, the, the next things will come, you know, don't, don't necessarily, you know, focus on, on, you know, those specific things. Yeah. This, this is something that really helped me. The, the last day of the year is my favorite day of the year. And people go, well, it's not Christmas. It's not your birthday. It's not, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's the last day of the year. And they ask me why, why is that? Because the last day of the year gives me two, two opportunities. The first one is reflection. Mm-hmm. I get to look at the entire year. And look at what I've accomplished, the things I think I did well, the things I think I could have done better. I get to refocus on things. I focus on, I call it my five pillars, my five pillars that hold my, my world up. Mm-hmm. And I focus on those five pillars and I, um, I look at, you know, how I could have done better and, and, and structured them better to where my pillars are stronger, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I get to look mm-hmm. at the whole year because we forget, we forget to, to look back and go, how far have I come? Yeah. How much have accomplished? We, we always stay in the moment and go, oh, I got so much to do. Well, yeah, but you, you thought that a year ago. Oh, mm-hmm. I got so much. To do. Well, you accomplished all these things. So just having the moment to, to have a day where I look back and I go, wow, what did we accomplish in my personal life? What did I accomplish in business, my money, my faith, my relationships? How did I, what did I accomplish in all those? And what could I have done better too? I mean, that's another mm-hmm. thing. And I write all of that out. And that's another key. If anybody's listening to this, write your stuff down. Mm-hmm. I filled out, I don't know, I think 10 legal pads this year of just notes and things that I was thinking or goals and those type of things, just writing it out. It, it just gets it out of your head. And then I get to look at next year and I get to look at what is possible. What can I create? Where can I, what, you know, where can I go? It's not putting my happiness in those things. It's, it's going I'm only happy when I'm doing something, mm-hmm. when I'm moving, when I'm growing as a person, growing my business, growing my relationships. You know, if you're staying stagnant, you're dying. Everything in this world is either growing or dying. That, yeah. That's the way. So if I look at my business and it stays the exact same with the exact same revenue forever, it's going to eventually die. Inflation's going to catch up. Taxes yeah. are going to catch up. You know, so I look at next year and go, 
what can I accomplish? And then I start writing out my goals. My wife and I do this every year on our own personal, like, what do we want to do to the house? What kind of trips do we want to take? Uh, what things do we want to accomplish as a couple together? And so it all aligns to create a vision and an excitement for the future, something to move toward, not, well, I hope I make more money next year. Well, that's not very exciting. How much yeah. money? I win. How are you going to do it? What steps are you going to take? You know, start asking questions. I think we forget to ask questions and start analyzing and, and, and really looking at things. We get so caught up in ourselves that we just go, well, that's just the way it is. Well, is it? Is there yeah. something different that you could, a different way you could look at it? So I, I kind of rambled, but anyway, the last day of the year is my personal favorite day of the year. I, I love that. And, and you mentioned you in the middle there, and I think you may have gone through them, but uh, you, you said the five pillars that, you know, you yep. sort of, you know, revolve your life around. What are those five pillars? Okay. So I look at my finances, which these are not in order, by the way, <laughs> yep, yep. finances. I need to know, you know, you got to know where your money is. Okay. I look at my business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, I own a business. Now you can have your own business within whatever, but I, I own businesses. I have three of them. And so I look at that, my relationships, mm -hmm. and that includes business relationships, my wife, my kids, you know, the relationships that I have in my life. And you can separate that out more, but I try to keep things simple. My faith, you know, mm -hmm. faith. And to me, the relationship with your maker or the life source or the light or God or whatever you want to call it. So my faith and then my health or my fitness level, health and fitness are kind of together. So there's some of them you could break out on your own, but I keep it to those five mm -hmm. because I like to keep things simple. And I just look at, you know, where am I at? And I rank them from zero to 10, zero to 10, 10 is I'm doing freaking amazing. I'm hitting my goals. This is awesome. Zero is I am just terrible. I'm not making it at all. Yeah. And it just take a step back and it allows you a moment to go, where am I at? So you can see how balanced your first floor of your life is mm -hmm, where you're at. So I think a lot of people, they get strong in business sometimes and they're focused on their business and, and the, but their relationships crumble. Some people are, are focused on their money so much. And, and so money and business a lot of times go together, but then they don't, their, their health goes to crap, you know? So you have to have all of those things in order to really have a strong, secure life and any of those things are failing, it's going to start dragging other parts of your life down. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tell you, I've experienced the most joy when all of those things are running extremely well. Now, how do I get all of those? I find mentors. I find people who are already, ex you know, exhibiting the character traits of what I want to develop. Mm -hmm. So I find that have great relationships with their kids and great relationships with their wives or spouse. I find people who have uh, great finances, great businesses, and I start modeling them and mimicking, mimicking them in order to create that in my own life. So I don't have to figure it out. I can just go, well, what do they do? Oh, yeah. they do, you know, so, and that's what I mean by experience. You experience things through other people. So they've already made mistakes and you can learn from them, implement the good from your life in your life. Uh, remove the bad. And there you go. You've got uh, a life that you love living. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. When you go out and seek the people that you're, you're looking to emulate or, or, you know, looking to model your life after, are you actually going out and, and, you know, this might depend upon which, which pillar it is, but are you actually hiring them as a mentor or 
are you, you know, maybe your, your best friend has a great, you know, relationship with, with his wife or, you know, her wife, whatever, or her, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, so you know, it's, is, a little, it's a little of both. Sometimes I hire mentors on a regular basis. I hire coaches, life coaches. I don't think if, if I'm going to be a, a life coach, if I'm going to create content to help people, that's what Dr. G's personal coaching and my own, you know, that side of it is. I believe that I, I need to practice what I preach in that. And so I hire coaches to have a different perspective. I mean, the most successful people I've ever met all had coaches, you know, I, because they look at it from a different perspective. They're out of the weeds. They're, you know, they're looking at it from a different way. So, but I tend to hire personal coaches or mentorships in areas that I lack understanding. So in some instances, I learn a lot from people through their podcasts, through their books, through their, their content, you know, that sort of thing. In other aspects, like for instance, I am not great with social media. Uh, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I'm good at talking. I can put it up, but as far as the social media, there, yeah. when to post, how to post, when do you boost, how to track the numbers, blah, 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 all that. So I hired somebody to help me and mentor me in that. So it taught me a skill that I didn't currently have. Mm -hmm. And so that was somebody, but he also had a great relationship with his wife. So, you know, there was a lot of alignment. I don't just hire anybody. I vet them. I, 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 what I mean is I ask questions and I see their history and I look at their content and I, does it match what mm -hmm. I want? Mm -hmm. And so everybody should do that. I think, you know, there's not one coach for everybody. There, there's different styles and there's different whatever. And everybody's got their own skill set. And so you got to figure out what you don't know. And you figure that out through experiencing things in life. And keep in mind, as an entrepreneur, if you look up the definition of entrepreneurship, it's about taking risk, especially financial risk. Look it up. It actually says entrepreneurship, financial risk, above and beyond the normal. But remember, you're not a failure unless you quit. It, failing is a part of learning. You're mm -hmm. just learning. That's all it is. If you stop calling it failure, you start, well, what can I learn from that? That's my favorite question. What, are, what can I learn from this? What, can I, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to be learning? So that you go, oh, I learned this. So next time I will be better off in this situation. So then I don't make the same mistake. Yeah. I think the biggest, biggest problem or, or issue with a lot of people is they, they miss out on that opportunity by blaming or by whatever. They don't ask questions about, well, what could I have done better? Take some responsibility. Yeah. It, it is what it is, man. Just, you I know, love it. I love it. We, you know, we, as you're, as you're going through creating your, your end of the year summary synopsis, if you will, and you're looking forward into, you know, creating your goals for next year. Do you have any advice on, you know, how to, how to create a goal that, you know, stretches you, of course, you don't, you don't want to, you know, make it so easy that, you know, you're going to achieve it, you know, yeah. soon. But you'd also don't want to necessarily put something like like a future goal. You know, you can you can make that way out in the future. But I, I'm assuming you probably break it down like this is what I want to accomplish this year or you know within the the near term. Any any advice on how to how to establish what that you know what that may be? Any any thoughts there? Yeah, I can give you what I do. Okay, so I don't going back on what I said before. I don't put my happiness in the goal achievement. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I will set goals that may not be reachable okay and that is against the common um mantra the common mantra is set goals that are attainable yeah well 
they do that because their happiness is in the attainment of the goal. My happy, happiness is not. My happiness is in the pursuit of the goal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, two years ago, you know, I was doing around $300,000 in business in my, in my company. And, you know, my income was not even close to where I wanted it to be until I started to learn from other people and started implementing things. And now we're going to do over a million. And next year, we're probably going to do close to two because of my mentality, it, it shifted. The goal is not the happiness, the, it is not the, the result that I'm looking for. The goal is something I'm moving toward. Mm-hmm. Grant Cardone is, a, is a, one of my favorite mentors to listen to. And I, there's a lot that I like that he does. And here's another little side tip. Just because they're a mentor doesn't mean you have to have everything in alignment. There's a lot that he does, and I'm like, oh, I agree with that. That's amazing. That's cool. I, I can implement that in my own life. But there's some things I'm like, oh, that's not for me. Yeah. But anyway, something he said that I really liked, he's like, he, his goal is to be, is for everyone on the planet to know his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, is that attainable? Probably not. He's actually said that. Probably not. But it's what we're shooting for. Yeah. The happiness isn't in the attainment of that goal. It just changes your perspective on how you're going to go about. Okay, am I going to try to do this to reach my goal or am I going to try to do this to reach everyone on the planet? You know, mm-hmm. so it just changes your perspective. So for me, when I look at the next year, I do a goal that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like if I looked at my business, I would take the best average of the best three months that we had and say, okay, we want to try to hit our goal to be that every month. So then next year we can do the same thing and same thing. And so we take the best three months and we do the average and we say, how can we work towards hitting that as a, as a goal? Now, if we did that in the first quarter, do you think I'm just going to be like, okay, let's just ride out the next of the year, the rest of the year? No, I'm going to say, what is the best month that we had And how can we achieve that goal if you multiply that by 12? Yeah. So we have a reachable goal. And then we have a, let's try to go for this goal. And then we have, well, let's add 10% to that and see how we can hit that. So our overall goal is, let's see if we can hit 10% above the best month times 12 that we did last year. Mm -hmm. Now that's on the business side. That's how I do it. Mm -hmm. We may not reach that goal. That's, That's a pretty far stretch for most people. But that's what we're going for. That mm-hmm. you think differently, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I love it. Yeah, if somebody wants to raise ten thousand dollars, I say, well, try to raise a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Because if, even if you hit fifty percent of your goal, you're raising five times more money than you originally thought you were going to raise anyway. I mean, yeah. you just think differently. So I think people set their goals too low because they're afraid that if they don't hit the goal, they're going to be upset and disappointed, and that'll make them lose their drive. They're thinking incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's so interesting. You 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 sort of are still you you still have the, the same mentality or the same mindset that you grew up, you know, where where you're pushing yourself. You never, you know, you're never set, settling for you know just just what you think you can have. You you keep pushing. So I love how that's still all connected and and you know flowing together, if you will. Do you have any any things that you're you know, thinking about adding to the five pillars, is that, do you feel satisfied with the five pillar, you know, philosophy? Is there anything like, you know, well, maybe this can get added in there or, or anything like that. I'm just curious if you, if you have, you know, something that might be sort of on the, the side that maybe you're thinking about adding into it. 
you know, if I say if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I just that works for me. Some people like to break those out. I've worked with some people. They're like, well. I want to take my relationships and I want to have my relationship with my spouse and I want to have my relationship with my kids and my relationship with my business partner. And my okay, I mean, that's fine. You can rate yeah. each one you want. So you could have 20 or more, I don't know, whatever, but I like to keep it simple and five. And, and if, so let's say like, uh, if we go back to the relationships one and I say, well, my relationship with my wife is a 10, but my relationship with my business partner is a four. Well, then we are going to average that out. Yeah. We're going to say, okay we're a six or seven and then i can write specific so what i do is if something is below where i want it to be i'll write what do i need to focus on in order to improve that number so for instance under the relationships and if it was that my wife and i are a 10 this business partner and i are a six why are my business partner and i a six what do i need to work on oh we need to come to an agreement on this thing in order for that relationship to to improve okay so i need to write that down as a something I need to do in order to raise that. Sometimes it's health and fitness. And I like to go with the one degree of change. And one degree of change for me is what is one small incremental thing that I can change that's simple, that's easy, that will help me move in the right direction, that will help that number go back up to as close to a 10 as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's where people mess, mess up. I, I do have an online program called Think and Lose Weight. And it's the mentality of weight loss. It's I always say weight loss is really simple. It's just not easy. It's not easy because you have to change who you are. You have to change your habits, your standards of living. That's who you are as a person, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable to you. And so what I tell people is if you wrote down, because we all, inevitably, we know the things that we do that make us gain weight. Like everybody just, we know what they are. Yeah. And I say, okay, write down all the things that you're doing that are not helping you move in the direction you want to move. And they go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm drinking too much soda. I'm drinking too much alcohol. I'm eating too many carbs. I'm whatever. And they write them all out. And I say, okay, pick one. Just pick one. Are you going to reduce the amount of soda that you intake? Are you going to reduce the amount of carbs? Are you going to increase the amount of activity? What, you know, just pick one and then commit to it. Mm -hmm. And then, so once you do that a month later, pick another one. And then over a period of time, you slowly change who you are by changing your habits and at some point you go, holy cow, I'm in a totally new position than, than trying to change everything at once, which just utterly sets you up for failure. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, yeah. It, yeah, and you, 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 you kind of touched on, I think my next question is, because you alluded to this in, or you, you, you covered this in the business side of things, but then you kind of just touched on it that, you know, you, you set these goals or these, these things that you're trying to achieve at, you know, at the end of the year and then you know, are you reflecting on each one of those monthly and, and realigning, or if you've achieved this, then let's go ahead and, and adjust that. Or is it quarterly or, you know, how does that look? And does that go across all five, five pillars? So what I do is I write down a vision statement. Mm -hmm. So I will create goals on all those pillars and I will create a vision statement, which then creates a paragraph. Okay. That is very detailed. It's down to, I can, I can see it in my mind. I can feel it emotionally. So it becomes real to me. And then I read it every morning and every night. Yeah. Every morning. Now that gives me a couple opportunities. If something starts to not feel like I'm not, I don't know that it doesn't feel right. I'll, I'll start to change it. So it, it, it changes throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, as I'm doing it, but that vision is in my mind. And 
Steve Harvey talks about it. He goes, if you have a vision in your mind that keeps popping up, a dream that keeps popping up, that is the proof of future reality, mm-hmm. okay? It, it means if you take action toward it, you will eventually create that reality. But first you have to create that reality in your mind. You know, so you create that vision of exactly what you want, man, it's going to be like this. I'm going to, you know, whatever I'm working towards a certain thing. And you create this vision statement. It ends up being about a good paragraph, but then every day I read it, I focus on those things and I emotionalize those things. And then guess what happens? My mind because it's trying to create this vision, will pick up things on every day. It's called the reticular activating system, but mm-hmm. it'll pick things up day by day, moment by moment, and you will start making different decisions automatically because your brain is trying to reach that vision that you've already created in your mind. That's powerful. Love that. Love yeah. That. And that's exactly the way your mind works. Your mind will automatically pick up on the things that you are focusing on. So how did my business grow so quick? That's what people ask. Because I started doing these things and I started believing it was possible. And how did I believe it? Because I already had the vision in my mind. Mm -hmm. So now I know 100% I can create a business that's going to be $100 million. How do I know that? Because I'm working with people that have already sold businesses that are worth over $100 million. I'm emulating what they did, how they did it, who they did it with. I'm creating that in my mind. I already see the way it's going to be one year, three years, five years from now. Like I know the trips my wife are going to take. It's all here. Like I get it. It, But the joy isn't in achieving each of those things because it will change. That vision changes on a regular basis. But the joy is knowing that I'm creating something. It's in the creating. I love that. I love that. And and just to to close the, the, the loop, come full circle, the the vision statement, the paragraph that you created is essentially a synopsis summary of your your pillar, your five pillar, you know, desires, if you will, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. Exactly the way it is. You can get really detailed and create a whole page, but I like to, to do that synopsis, that one paragraph. So when I wake up and I'm doing something in the morning and I'm I'm working out, I'm visualizing, I'm focusing on those things. One of my goals from four years ago was to participate in the fantasy uh, baseball camp. I, I'm a former baseball player and the St. Louis Cardinals are my team. If somebody's, you know, got another team, you know, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I always wanted to participate in the fantasy baseball camp. Well, that is going to happen next year. We've already signed up for it. And so because I was visualizing it, I have a vision board on my phone. I constantly was thinking about it because I was visualizing I took actions to make it happen. It was on my mind. It, it was being thought about. And so we actually, for, uh, for Christmas this year, we bought a pair of cleats and I have them sitting up on my, on my uh, nightstand. And every morning when I go to wake up, if I don't feel like working out, that's a reminder of you are doing this for a reason. And so then it becomes, oh, get my vision statement back out, get that back in my mind. So now I'm focusing on that. And guess what? That creates energy and that energy turns into action and the action turns into results. And voila, six months from now, I'm going to be, you know, on a baseball field playing with a uniform on. I'm going to feel like a baseball, you know, whatever. But that's my vision. Yeah, I love it. Vision first. The, yeah. the activity is going to happen, but it's already happening in my mind. I love it. Greg, this has been fantastic. And and 
tomorrow is your favorite day of the year. You're, you're officially the last podcast of the year. So, so you know, I know what you're going to be doing tomorrow. But if people wanted to learn about you, your techniques, you, you mentioned a couple of businesses that, that you have. Um, yeah. How would they reach out, get in touch, or learn more about, about yourself or yeah. your services? gregpersley.com is just my personal website. There's applications for coaching. If people want, you know, they can apply. I, I don't accept a ton of people on that because I time it just, you know, yeah. I, I want people that are serious. So, you know, if they do that, I want to make sure they're serious because I'm not into dabbling or taking people's money to help them get where they want. I want people that take action and create the life they want. I, I'm into results, not just, Oh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to do it. No, I want to, if you say you're going to do it, let's make it happen. But that's a good way. And then also, you know, Instagram, Facebook, those type of things. Greg Persley is, is uh, you know, I've got different things there, like, um, but just that's the easiest way. But uh, Think and Lose Weight is a brand of mine. Dr. G's personal coaching is a, is a brand of mine. But And then I own an integrated medical clinic. But the best ways to reach me, go to my website and go to Instagram or Facebook. You can direct message me on either of those and um, either me or my team will respond. But I'm pretty good about, you know, people that are, having questions. I really want to help them answer their questions. So I love it. I love it, Greg. Many thanks. And uh, I think you're going to help a lot of people with, with the, the tidbits that you shared here today. So I know I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and start doing my pillars now too. So I love it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, hey, share uh, how you did or share, share them with me. I, I love seeing people that take action on them and how it changes their life over time, because when you're focusing on it, it it's amazing how it, uh, it starts to change. You start to realize it's simpler than you think. And I would like to leave you with this. Tony Robbins taught me this years ago, and it's the secret of happiness. And I know people generally want, like, if you surveyed everybody in the world, I think the common denominator would be, I just want to be happy or happier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the secret of happiness is if you're where you're at in life, okay? And if you look at the five pillars, you can say individually, where am I at in my business? Where am I at in my finances? Where am I at in my relationships? But, you know, your life condition LC, LC, life condition, does it equal your blueprint, your BP, or the way you think life should be? Mm-hmm. So if your life condition equals the blueprint, you have happiness. If your life condition does not equal your blueprint, you have unhappiness mm-hmm. or discontent. If you want to take it a step further, there's depression and hopelessness. And that is simply when your life condition does not equal how you thought it would be or your blueprint and you have no hope it will ever change. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's depression. That's hopelessness. That's like, it's just, it, it, I'm unhappy where it is, but it's not going to change. And yeah. you have no energy to even change it because it's not going to change. And that goes into your belief system. Do you believe it can change? Right. And that that's a whole nother thing, but If you wrote those things down and really looked at those five pillars and asked yourself, in my relationships, is my life condition, where my life is in my relationships, does it equal the way I thought it would be? And if it does not, then you are unhappy. If it does, then you're happy with that. And then the second question on top of that would be, okay, if I'm happy with it, how can I make it even better? If I'm unhappy with it, do I change my life condition, change the thing that you're focusing on, the, the life condition that you're focusing on, or do I change the blueprint or the other way to say that is, do I change the way I think it should be? Do I find the joy and happiness in the way it is? And we didn't even get into this, but my son was actually born with dwarfism, which is not the way I thought it was going to go. 
So I had a choice. Do I try to change the life condition? Which would be in that case, I can't change him. Do I just run away? Or do I change the way I believed it should be and start focusing on my own mindset and look at the positive aspect of it? And if I choose to do that, all of a sudden, I see all this amazing opportunity and benefit for him being born the way he was born. When I could have been, well, why is this? Why did it happen to me? Woe is me, whatever. So I use that as my framework, as my my blueprint of if I am unhappy with something, all I have to do is go, is it my life condition I'm unhappy with or the way I thought it should be? And then you can start working on changing one of those two. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. There, there are so many, there's so many more questions and I know we're running out of time here. There's so many more questions that I have for you. I think we're right. We're just going to have to do another episode one of these days uh, right. to cover some more of those things. But uh, yeah, right. I, I love, I'm a big person to, to adopt frameworks and any types of, of, you know, ways to be able to track and measure and look at, you know, yourself, your accomplishments, your life, your plans. And you've provided so many of those, you've touched on so many of those today. So you know, really, really grateful for your time and, and, you know, the, the effort that you've put in over the years to be able to learn these things for yourself. So, and sharing them with everyone. So, so thank you. Very, very cool. I appreciate you having me, but the last final thing, nothing happens unless you take action. That's true. That is very true. Words to live by. Getting the information is great. Nothing happens until you take action and step into the arena to change. Nothing happens until then. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. Greg, many, many thanks. And uh, we will have to do this again sometime. Part two. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm in. Uh, Anytime. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.